0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11 again tonight. Hebrews chapter 11. We have the overflow room operating tonight, I believe. I saw the TV on uh, screen on back there for uh, those that want to uh, go back there. Uh, that came with the media team, and uh, that's a blessing, and we thank God for that. We ought to have that open every service, so if you want to uh, not come in here around people, and we understand that completely, you can go in the glory class and uh, you can be uh, socially distanced. Now, this thing is serious, and uh, this is no joke. This is no political ploy. This is not a farce. This is a real virus that needs real precaution, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. That's why we're not um, having uh, public service tonight because we want to make sure that we have this all sanitized and clean before uh, people come back into the sanctuary. But Wednesday, we'll have it ready and open, and we'll, we'll socially distance. And everybody loves Wednesday night because they can sit in their exact place. I saw some people smiling through their masks uh, Wednesday night because they can sit in their exact pew as long as they're socially distanced. And I want to thank God for our ushers and Brother Jason. Uh, this is not easy trying to place people where they don't want to sit, but most people have been very, very cordial and very submissive and very compliant uh, to this because, friend, there's been a lot of churches that's had to... Uh, Shut back down and go uh, internet only because of the uh, the. Uh, um, my own, I think I got it on uh, because of the, of the uh, virus in their church, and so we don't want that. And uh, we might not can prevent that because there's a lot of people going to Walmart, and there are also people, as I notice on uh, Facebook, that's not socially distancing themselves, going to parties, et cetera, et cetera, and um, and you know we're all guilty of that probably. And so we need to really be careful and be be socially distant, but not spiritually distant. That's what I want to preach on tonight. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. This morning I preached on the nature of faith. And tonight I want to preach on the necessity of faith or how to express your faith and why you should have faith in God. You know, God is so believable. He is so trustworthy. Uh, we ought to be loyal to trust Him more than we do anyone or anything on this earth, because He is, and He is God. And so let's have uh, you uh, take your Bibles, please, Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to read verses 1 uh, through 6 in review, and we'll preach mostly on verse 5 and 6. I want to say verse 4 to next Sunday morning, and that is about uh, the blood And I want to preach a message entitled It's Still the Blood. And uh, this will be a a wonderful time to preach it on Sunday morning, next Sunday on verse 4. So I'm excited about the Hall of Fame of Faith and that we can go through the whole entire chapter 11 of Hebrews and preach, preach, preach on Jesus. All right, let's read this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Listen to this. For it by the elders attained a good report, And through faith we understand, I'll dwell with that just a little bit tonight, that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made by the things which do appear. Take that, evolutionists. And look at verse 4. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying by his gifts, and by it being dead yet speaketh. By it yet, be he being dead yet speaketh. Now, here's the text for tonight. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should see, not see death. Amen. And was not found because God had translated him before his translation. He had this testimony that he pleased God. I hope you have that testimony. Look at verse six. But without faith, it is impossible. To please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's pray and ask God to bless the message tonight. Father, thank you for the media team that's making this possible, and Lord, thank you for the good music, the good special. Thank you, Brother Randy, for traveling all this way to lead these hymns. And God, we thank you. we we know it's important, especially those that uh, cannot get out, those that are shut in those that are uh, elderly and Lord our whole church we want to keep safe and Lord we thank you for them. and we pray to your God that you'd h- put a hedge around our members and our folks God that uh, Lord I know they some of them have uh, uh, jobs on the forefront, uh, first responders, nurses, uh, God, they need your help and God we pray to your Lord that you would uh, watch over them during this week and keep them safe and healthy. Lord, please bless this message now and help us, God, to get excited about having more faith and having faith that pleases you. And God, we praise you and thank you, God, for the, 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 the truth of this passage about the necessity of faith. In Jesus' name we pray and for your glory we preach. Amen. I want you to notice in verse 3 again, though, through faith we understand. You know, Jesus never, never, and God never defended Himself. He never defined Himself. Folks, He just declared Himself. And the Bible says in Genesis 1:1, one, 1 uh, in the beginning, God, and that's enough. God is never explained. He's never defined Himself. He just simply presents Himself. And folks, the Bible writers never tried to prove the existence of God, and it'd be a good idea if you didn't try to prove it. Amen? You can't trace God, you must trust God. And folks, we have all kinds of degrees going around, and all these scientists, and all these uh, uh, philosophers, and all these geniuses that don't have faith, and they don't really understand what it's all about. And the reason is, is that uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, "...without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is." that he is. The only way you're going to know God exists is not by any kind of proof, but by faith. The skeptic will come to you and say, well, prove there is a God. You ought to just smile at him, be kind, and you ought to, answer, you ask, you ought to ask them this, uh, wait a minute, why don't you prove there is no God? Amen? The finite can never prove or disprove the infinite. God is infinite. You can't trace God. You must trust God. No man can prove that God exists, but correspondingly, nobody can prove that God does not exist. Look at verse 3. It says, Through faith we understand that the worlds was framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. You know, folks, Job got a little argumentative, I guess. He got a little... uh he debated in his soul, and you probably would too if you'd lost all he'd lost, been through what he'd been through. But I want you to turn to Job, and I want you to look at um, uh, chapter 38, Job 38, verse 4. And verse 1 through 3, says, The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that, darken- that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee an answer thou, thou, thou me.'" And look at verse 4, Job 38, it said, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Folks, listen, he wasn't there, and you weren't there either. Job was kind of arguing with God, and God said, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? In other words, they're saying, Job, stop trying to tell me how to run things around here or do things. And folks, uh, I'm God, and that settles it. And thank God Job submitted to that and put his hand over his mouth in verse 40, and he, and, he, and he said, hey, I saw him with my eye, now I see him with my heart. And so, folks, listen, we cannot prove anything because we simply were not there. Uh, <clears throat> by the reason some people say this, you prove there's a God. Well, just simply say this, hey, won't you prove there is not a God? Amen? You can't. And and, and and, and then that person will probably say, well, you Christians, uh, you believe there's a God by faith. You ought to say back to them, and you believe there's not a God by faith. So everybody's a believer. You believe there is not a God or you believe there is a God. See, all people are believers. And I believe there is a God, and and, and folks, we need to believe that he is the God, and we have no uh, platform to try to... Do anything but proclaim Him and know Him and love Him and it's all by not mental or emotional, but it's by faith. And so what we believe is beyond reason. And I thank God our Christian life is not some dead dogma or religion, it is a relationship that's supernatural. And I want to tell you something, you know how much the Bible gives to an atheist? What? How much he gives one half of a verse. In Psalms 53, verse 1, he says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. That's all he says to the atheist. It's foolish. Faith honors God. Could uh, Listen, f- folks, the Bible says we ought to believe coming to him believing that he is. Look at verse 6 again. And it's impossible to please him, for if we come to God, we must believe that He is. You know, the Lord God right now could blow the roof off this building. I hope you don't do it. Uh, he could blow it right off, and He could look down and say, hey, He could speak to us vocally if He wanted to. He could dazzle us with His glory right now. He could do it. He could do it. And why doesn't He do it? Well, I'll tell you why He doesn't do it. Because He'd cheat you and rob you and rob him of the glory that you need to give him through faith. So you see, God wants you to respond to him by faith, not by some fantastic, fabulous miracle. Uh, why, does God, why does faith so please God, the necessity of faith? Because faith gives glory to God. Faith honors God. How does it? faith honor God? I'll tell you how faith honors God. He is. It honors his character. It honors his correctness. It honors his compassion. It honors his nature. Faith uh, loves God, and not for what God can do, but who God is. And a lot of times, I've been guilty of this. I say, Lord, give me more faith so I can win more souls. Give me more faith so I can preach better. Give me more faith so I can have wisdom to deal with the problems of a church. Uh, You know, you get more two people together than they're going to disagree sometimes. And uh, thank God the Lord uh, has given me faith and given me perseverance in these 42 years, a pastor in one place. But I want to tell you something, friend God does not give us faith just so we can do something, He gives us faith so we can honor Him and glorify Him. Does that make sense? We have faith to honor Him. Don't tell anybody about this. Uh, sometimes the Lord would say after a miracle. And I often wondered, Brother Randy, why would he say, don't tell anybody? And I want to tell you why. He didn't heal, he didn't perform great miracles for a PR stunt, a public relations stunt. He, he, he worked miracles out of compassion for those that were dead, those that were hungry, those that couldn't walk. And folks, I want to tell you something. We need to realize that it did authenticate him as the very God. But I want to tell you something, he didn't perform miracles just to prove himself. He didn't have to prove himself. He performed miracles because he was compassionate. And folks, I want to tell you something, a lot of people followed him for miracles, but they were the first ones to leave. Faith is a response in your heart to the nature and the character of God. He is. (coughs) Say it with me at home. He is. And folks, a healthy eye responds to light. A healthy ear responds to sound, as I said this morning. And folks, healthy faith responds to God. And our heart response is biblical faith. You respond the way that pleases God because God is pleased when you're not trying to make Him prove Himself with miracles. A lot of people tempt God and blame God and demand God And they want some celestial trick. They want some celestial miracle, some celestial signs. I want to tell you about the signs and wonder movement. In Matthew chapter 12, in verse 39, the Bible says what he thinks about people that depend upon signs and wonders and miracles. Would you turn there with me? Matthew chapter 11, and I want you to look at uh, chapter, chapter 11, verse 29. Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, I believe it is. Let me get to it. Matthew 12, verse 39, here it is. It says, But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but there is no sign be given to it, to, to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now folks, there's no greater sign than the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no greater miracle in the Bible than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no greater miracle than Jesus died for all sinners. And folks, I want to tell you something. In Mark 15, verse 30, they cried out and prayed, come down from that cross and we will believe. Thank God he didn't come down. And folks, I want to tell you something. Hebrews chapter 11, go back to verse 6, tells us the necessity of faith. A sin and adulterous generation seeketh after signs, miracles. Folks, we need to seek after the Savior. We need to seek His name. We need to seek His glory. And folks, only by faith can you do that. By faith we give God pleasure in and through faith, and He gives us treasures. It says, um, He's a reward of them that diligently seek Him. After you have faith, He blesses you. Habakkuk 2, four says, live by faith. Romans 1.17 says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The just shall live by faith, Romans 1.17. Galatians 3.11 says, have faith. Hebrews 10, 38. The Bible says, just next door, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall give no pleasure in him. By faith. By faith. By faith, we need to believe, and it's a necessity in our life, to come to him and believe that he is. What is he? He's aware. He's omniscient. You say, I don't think God knows where I'm at. Don't you say that about God. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. Hey, he's almighty. He is almighty. He is aware, but he is almighty. Folks, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. As I said, he could lift this roof off and majestically show himself right now if he wanted to, but he'd rather you have faith. Amen, faith. And that honors him when you have faith. And then... Number three, not only is he aware and he's almighty, but he's available. He's omnipresent. He is love and he cares for you. Let me say this, he is glorious and he's generous. He's God almighty and he's worthy of all trust. He has the ability to see your pathway. Mark chapter uh, 6, verse 48, he knew when they went in that boat that they would have a time of their life trying to survive, but he knew God God would keep His Word and that Jesus would keep His Word and He said, I'll see you on the other side. He sees your trials. He sees your temptations. He sees your tears, Psalms 56, verse 8. You know, God is continually working out your path. Not only does He see your path, but He works out your path. The Bible says in Psalms 37. Would you turn there with me? Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Look at Psalms 37, please. Would you turn in your Bible? It'll help you stay awake. Psalms 37. And I want you to look at verse uh, 23. Some people is probably not even watching this uh, uh, tonight. They're watching cars going around in a circle for the first time in many years. Amen. A NASCAR dri- uh, uh, is, is live again. Amen. Well, I don't know if it's amen or not, but I'll tell you what, he's alive. God's alive. And folks, he's not, he's not going in circles. He knows exactly where he's going, and he knows exactly where you need to go. And that's in the will of God. Psalms 37, verse 23 says, The steps of a good man ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Did you hear that? The steps of a good man. That's a saved man. He's, he orders them. Praise God. And folks, God is continually working out your path. Uh, look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, just next door. Psalms, Proverbs 16, and verse 9, please. Proverbs 16, 9. Don't you love to study of the Word of God? Say amen right there in your living room. It says in Proverbs 16, verse 9, It says, a man's heart devises his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. The Lord directeth his steps. There's no such things as a coincidence in life to a child of God. There's only providence. There's only providence. Reminds me of a situation that happened this past week. Brother Jeremy uh, Smith was at the thrift store, Providence Ministries, and ran across a book, and it said, Uh, on the front of it, Dr. Lee Robinson. And then he opened it up and it said, presented to Pastor Wayne Cofield. It was my book. I don't know how it got out of my library. I don't know how it walked out of this church. I don't know how it ended up in Providence Thrift Store. But you know, the providence of God brought that book back to me, and I'm glad of it. Amen? Folks, a providence of God. Now, what's the chance of that? And he, he bought it, and he gave it to me. He didn't even charge me. I guess he paid 25 cents for it. And I'm just, I'm just so glad I got that book back because I was a dear friend of Dr. Lee Robinson, and he was such a great man of God and leader and blessing to this church many years. But Romans 8, 28 says all things work together. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20 says you meant it to, for bad, but God meant it for good. There's no such thing as coincidence. And not everything God does is pleasant, but everything God does is right. You need to believe that. It takes a lot of faith to believe that everything's right, that God's right, Now, not everything's right in this world because it's messed up by sin, but I want to tell you something, God is right. God is always right. And, folks, I want to tell you something, God sends tribulation. God sends viruses. God sends trouble. God even sends sickness for a reason in our life. All things work together. Folks, all things we ought to give thanks for. That's hard, isn't it? But I want to tell you something, it's like the little boy was playing with a sailboat at the edge of a lake. And when the wind pulled the sailboat away from the shore and out of reach, uh, he almost went crazy, just crying and weeping. And his older brother came along and began to throw stones at that boat. And he began to cry even louder, saying, Why are you trying to sink my ship? It's flowing away from me. And the wind's got it. And he said, Don't you see I'm overshooting the boat, hitting the way, making ways so to bring it to the shore. You need to trust me. I know, little brother, what I'm doing. I am making waves to bring the ship back, your little ship back to the shore. God knows what He's doing. God knows what He's doing. When He throws stones in our life, they're meant to draw us closer to Him, not drive us away. God is not cruel. God is not mean. God is not holding out on you. Almost everyone would rather have sunshine all the time than showers. I just can't imagine what our world would be like if it never rained. It'd be one big desert. God is confidentially waiting at the end of your path. Number three, God knows your path. God's working on your path, but God is the end of your path. Everything God does in your life and allows you to happen in your life is to conform you to his image and to make you more like Jesus. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Talk about Sunday school. It's been nine weeks since we've had Sunday school in these buildings. And I thank God for the good job Ms. Rebecca and Brother Jack is doing, uh, teaching the Word of God and a lot of people listening. Amen for that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says, Till we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of of the fullness of Christ. He said, I've given you apostles, I've given you pastors, I've given you evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, the works of the ministry, and then verse 13, to make you more like Christ. Hey folks, the reason you ought to come to church is because you want to be more like Christ. The reason you should read your Bible is you want to be more like Christ. Hey friend, let me just say this and I'll close with this thought. Folks, why should you have faith? Why is it necessary? Why is it necessary I'll tell you why it's necessary. Because it's necessary that you glorify God. And folks, when you do not have faith, you glorify yourself. Because what you're saying is, I can depend on myself. I can work out my life myself. I can can live without prayer. I can live without assembling. I can live without reading. I can live without the Bible. Folks, you are full of pride, and you're full of a wild imagination, folks. I'm going to tell you something. God wants you to have full assurance that He can take care of you, and He can see you through. And folks, listen, what is faith? Faith is the assurance that God will do exactly what He promised He'd do. Anything else is guesswork, feelings, wishful thinking, and it ends in failure. God is a God who responds to people's faith in Himself and His promises. You know, you you can go downtown and climb the tallest building, which is probably about three stories in Dalton, maybe four, maybe four, maybe five. And you can get on top of that and you say, I'm I'm going to, I have faith that God's going to help me fly. And you can jump off that building and I'll just say this, you better uh, fix your funeral arrangements because you're about to hit the ground. And folks, that's tempting God. Before you jump, please tell me what you want to do with your body. Because I'm telling you, you're probably going to die if you jump off a four-story building. And many people have disappoint, been, become disappointed with God because he didn't do something they told him to do. And folks, listen, God is not obligated to do what you want done. He's obligated to do what he wants done. But folks, most important of all, he wants you to glorify him and believe that he is. What's the necessity of faith? Folks, the necessity of faith is this. God deserves to be crowned Lord of your life. He deserves to be preeminent, first place. And if there's any other gods, God knows how to eliminate those gods. Beware of you putting other things, other people, and other activities before God. Beware of your thought life. Always thinking about what you can do for someone else or do for yourself. What you ought to be praying is, Lord, how can I glorify you this day in my life? And God will meet your needs according to His riches and glory. And it's God's will that all people not perish but have everlasting life, 2 Peter 3, 9, and come to repentance. It's God's will. It's God's will. And I want to say, friend, in closing, we need to realize that God needs to be believed, and he's honored, he's magnified. When little old you trust in big old him, and that you just fall before him and say, Dear God, I come to you believing. Enoch in verse 5 had this testimony, that he pleased God. But the author of Hebrews, which I believe was Apostle Paul, said, I want to tell you what, how he pleased God. And he said in verse six, "But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, that means walk with him like Enoch, talk with him, prayer, must believe. Come to God, must believe that he is, and that he's rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Oh folks, listen. Faith will calm your fears. Faith will cushion your falls. Faith will confirm your future. And faith will claim God's finest. There's many that never learn what God can do because they're never, never willing to believe that God can do. But folks, before the doing is the being. Faith believes. Faith believes that he is. Let's pray. Father use this message. It's God's will that we believe. but God, the motive in our belief is not that we get something or that we are being something or that we'll be a great man of God or a great lady of God or even a great daddy, great mama. But dear God, it's that you might be magnified as the great God that is. That's present tense, aware where we're at, available when we get in so much trouble trusting ourselves. Lord, able, able to to do what an almighty God can only do in our life. Lord, you are glorious. You are generous. You're God Almighty. Lord, you're just worthy of trust because you have the ability to see our path. You have the ability to keep working on our path And, Lord, you're at the end of the path. And, Lord, we want to be more like you. So, Lord, increase our faith. God, forgive us for begging for faith to do something. God, help us to beg for faith that the world might know who you are and that they might be magnified through little old life, a little old person called Wayne Cofield. Lord, it's such a privilege to trust you It's such a privilege to come to you in prayer. Oh, what needless pain we do often bear because we don't pray. But Lord, the reason we don't pray is because we don't believe that you are. So Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faithfulness as a result of our faith. But God, where you, as our theme for the year is, increase our vision of you. High and lifted up still on the throne, still able, still available, still almighty, and still powerful, and still glorious to be magnified through our little lives. God, be glorified. Oh, God, please. May you give us more faith to proclaim and present you as Lord God Almighty. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed, it's so hard to give an invitation to an empty sanctuary. But By faith, I preach to Jesus, and I preach for God. I didn't preach for anyone listening. But I, by faith, I believe this message is going to go out and it's going to help somebody see where their faith is, where their uh, appetites are and attitude is and where where their desire is, and that desire is to glorify God. And I pray that right now where you're sitting in your home during this invitation moment, that you say, Dear God, increase my faith for the right reason, and that, that you might be magnified and glorified through all that you allow in my life as the great I am. And Lord, we're going to praise you and thank you. For every person listening, every person that viewed in tonight that has the desire in their heart to have more faith, to believe that you are, and that you are the glorious God that deserves all praise. Well, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.